Welcome to the Political Notebook Podcast. I'm Billy Robb. I'm a high school teacher. And I'm Robert Robb, an editorial columnist for the Arizona Republic and Billy's dad. We're going to round out our coverage of the ballot initiatives here in Arizona today. And it should be noted before we go on that none of these ballot initiatives are currently qualified. They're still going through the uh, the Secretary of State's office is still going through the process of checking, verifying this, uh, the signatures, then they'll all get uh, numbers eventually. So there's no guarantee that any of these will be on the on the ballot, but um, more than likely they will, and it'll still be interesting uh, to talk about these efforts. So today, the last ballot initiative is the effort to uh, ban sales tax on services. And uh, if you were to ask me before I, I looked at this a little bit, uh, I don't think I would have even known that services uh, currently weren't taxed. Like if you go get a haircut, um, I guess I don't pay attention to my receipts <laughs> when I get a haircut. But uh, but this uh, this initiative um, was filed by the Realtors Association, uh, which would ban uh, taxes on on sales. Uh, what else about the initiative uh, should we know about this or the effort that? Uh, the motivations that got this on the uh, filed? Well, there is increasing discussion, and, and I'm uh, at least uh, part of it, if not partially responsible for it, about broadening our sales tax base. Um, currently, we generally tax only the final sale of a retail good. Um, services are... Uh, generally exempt, um, wholesale sales, uh, not the final sale, uh, are are generally uh, exempt. Uh, inputs to manufacturing or or inputs to the production of a good are generally exempt. The problem in Arizona is that the retail good sales tax has gotten. Uh, extremely high. If you go back to 1980, um, the sales tax around the state was pretty uniformly just 5%. The state taxed at a 4% rate. Cities taxed at a 1% rate. Uh, Today, the state is up to 5.6%. Most cities are over 2%. The counties are now leveling uh, sales taxes. Uh, So, um, in most major valley cities, the sales tax rate is now in excess of 9%. Yeah. And uh, if the sales tax is increased to try to increase funding for K-12 through education, in many cities, it will exceed 10%. Um, so uh, there are and that, that's those, a that's that's a if like if that if that were been, to happen, but it's already uh-huh. over nine percent in virtually all valley cities. So if um, those of us who believe we ought to broaden the base and bring down the rates um, begin to gain to gain ta- traction um, for people who think that's a bad idea, and the realtors are among them. This is an attempt to preempt that discussion and prevent that reform from being considered. So most of our most of the revenue in Arizona comes from a sales tax on, um, on the final sale of a retail good, and that that raised pretty high. There's been a, 
especially the education folks that are against the uh, sales tax increase, make the argument that that is regressive, uh, that, that more of a proportion uh, of uh, poor people's money are paid uh, towards that. Uh, is that pretty much just accepted as uh, a sound analysis? Is there anyone that disputes that it is that it is reg regressive? It, it, it is generally true. Uh, I think it is overstated um, when you consider the amount of our sales tax that's paid by out-of-state visitors um, and that we exempt uh, food and medicine uh, from mm -hmm. the sales tax. If the sales tax base were broadened to include services and other things that are currently exempt, it would have the effect of reducing the regressivity of the sales tax because then you would be capturing more of the purchases of the more affluent people. So that argument, I think you've written about this before in your columns, and uh, Steve Farley, who's running for governor uh, as a Democrat, has advocated as well for broadening the sales tax. Basically, there's a lot of things that we don't currently tax for sales, like services. Um, so if you tax more of those and at a lower percentage, you would generate the same or even uh, even more money. Uh, what else uh, could be taxed with the sales tax that is not right now? I mean, is there anything we could target in terms of like luxury taxes that wouldn't be as regressive if, uh, or what, what are the other things that would, would be part of that broadening of the sales tax? Well, luxury goods wouldn't generate a lot of money. Um, so the big money is in services, wholesale trade, and inputs to manufacturing. I actually advocate taxing it all um, mm -hmm. through a business gross receipts tax and for very small rates, um, one and a half percent to three percent, you could produce all the money we're producing now um, from not only the sales tax, but the corporate income tax and possibly even the personal income tax. Um, so I'm, I'm sort of a radical base bar broadener. Uh -huh. uh, Farley is suggesting that we try to come up with three billion uh, of approximately uh, 10 billion of sales tax exclusions that currently exist. Um, pocket uh, two billion of it and then use the other billion to reduce the sales tax rate. Um, this, is, this initiative doesn't actually prevent that from happening. It's a constitutional <coughs> amendment. That's right. That's something we, we didn't point out before. This is, is not just a, a law. It would, it would be a constitutional amendment, which would, uh, what are the stakes? What are the stakes on that? If this passes, it would be a constitutional amendment that says you cannot have taxes on services. The, the Voter Protection Act, which um, restricts the ability of the legislature to change what the voters approve, has, as a practical matter, eliminated a lot of the differences between something that's done in the Constitution and something that's done by statute, uh, but um, approved by voters. Um, and if the base broadeners uh, were to gin up an effort, this wouldn't preclude it. 
it just would require amending the Constitution. So uh, it which, makes it which more is, difficult. Which is how many votes? How many votes do you need? What percentage of votes do you need to change the Constitution? You, but you, in both cases, um, whether it's statutory or constitutional, you just need a simple majority of those who have voted. The difference is in the number of signatures you need uh, if you're going to propose it through an initiative. It requires substantially more signatures in order to get a constitutional amendment on the ballot than a statutory uh, manner. And it's just, so if, if, if you were to try, if this passes and you wanted to broaden the sales tax base, you'd have to amend the Constitution and you'd have to have a rate in the Constitution. You'd have to have details as to what the tax applies to in the Constitution. And that's just not where that level of detail arises. And so if the lawmakers did, it would just be two-thirds? Uh, no, they, they cannot they, amend a constitutional amendment. So, so it would have to go back to the It would have to go back to the voters, and it would have to amend the Constitution. Gotcha. Um, so... Um, Let's talk quickly about who's proposing this and who might be against it, because um, you know I guess Republicans tend to be against taxes in general, but um, those that are arguing for increased revenues for for different things talk about increasing the sales tax. So you think they might be open to broadening it as well? Um, who is pitching this and who's in favor of it, and and who might? present some op opposition to it? Well, the, the realtors are the uh, force behind it. They're the ones that generated the money to pay the signature gatherers to uh, get it on the ballot, and they've got a comfortable margin, um, and I would be shocked if it doesn't uh, actually qualifies. Unfortunately, the opposition is mostly tax policy wonks. Um, there's really no interest group uh, that's adversely affected by it sufficiently to want to pony up a lot of money mm -hmm. uh, in order to run an opposition campaign. And to the extent there is money available, uh, chances are if Invest in Ed uh, makes it to the ballot, that's going to suck up all of the money uh, and all of the discussion. Yeah, uh, the the increase in in the income tax. So it may very well be that this slips through largely unnoticed. There there is one element of it that uh, may generate opposition, particularly by um, cities and towns and supporters of their government services. The initiative doesn't define services. I. And it says that not only can you not apply a sales tax to any currently untaxed service, you cannot increase the rate of tax on existing services that are subject to tax. Um, now, it's hard to know what the effect of that will be because there's no definition of service. However, uh, currently, um, our electricity is subject to a sales tax. Our telephone, and we call it a telephone service, is subject to a um, sales tax. Those are large components of the existing sales tax base. So if you can't increase the rate of tax on those, mm -hmm. 
and you're talking about increasing sales taxes, uh, that becomes a, a tricky proposition. Uh, and it means that an increase in the existing sales tax rate won't produce the same amount of money. The city of Mesa has a sales tax increase on the ballot, I yeah. believe, this November. So that particular component may create an opposition force that doesn't currently exist. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it just kind of hand handcuffs your ability to make decisions that, that are needed as they're coming up. I'm guessing the realtors uh, don't want their own service of real, being a real estate agent tax. Is that the motivation behind it? It, it is, and, and, and there, is, there is at least a little bit of momentum around the idea of broadening the sales uh, tax base, and services are the most logical extension. So they are reacting to a real threat. Uh -huh. They earlier had circulated an initiative successfully to prohibit a tax on the transfer of real estate. Um, that's something else that policy wonks uh, in a state like Arizona that has a very active real estate market thought would be a dandy way for government to get more money without raising existing rates. So the realtors previously um, uh, circulated an initiative and got the voters to approve it to preclude that. So this is another head them off at the pass mm -hmm. um, effort. And will you, do you anticipate, uh, I mean, how electorally if this qualifies, uh, what would you anticipate the, the chances of passing would be? I think the pa the chances of passing would be very good, e mm -hmm. even though tax policy wonks tend to <laughs> like the idea of broad bases. Um, most states don't tax services, don't subject services to the sales tax. So this is, this is kind of the norm for, for it, states it, it, to it have is. this to it, be it, exempt? It, it, it is the norm for the sales tax to apply to the final sale of a retail good. Uh, and in other states where it's been tried, it's actually generated a voter revolt, and um, the legislature actually reversed course. That happened in Florida. But as, as the rate on uh, retail goods gets so high, there's an increasing number of people who are saying, well, gee, rather than keep ratcheting that up, we need to talk about right. broadening the base. And sale uh, services are a faster-growing part of the economy yeah. than retail goods. So, a, so sales tax collections aren't keeping pace with the economy because they don't apply to the fastest-growing part of the economy. Yeah, and there's also the question of uh, digital sales, too, which I, I think right now aren't, aren't taxed, um, which I would think that exempting digital or online sales would hurt local, you know, local businesses and, and, and stuff too. And well, and, and I think we're going to have that discussion and this uh, particular initiative wouldn't preclude it. The Supreme Court just increased the ability of states uh, to tax online sales. Um, but the problem of defining a service plays in here. For example, right. you can uh, buy a disc and put it 
in your computer um, that gives you word processing capability. Mm. That's a good. That's currently subject to tax. You can also go on the Internet and access word processing in the cloud, uh, never download anything to your computer, have your document in the cloud, and go from there. Well, is that document in the cloud a good or a service? Mm -hmm. uh, the legislature wrestled with that and didn't resolve it uh, this last uh, legislative session. Yeah. Well, um, a lot of... Uh It'll be really interesting to see how this plays out. All these, all these initiatives and referendums and candidates. I mean, uh, it's going to be a wild election season, I think. Um, but we'll see how we'll see how all of it plays out. Uh, and to stay informed and uh, to listen to our analysis, keep tuning into the Political Notebook podcast. You can catch us on Apple Podcasts or any other uh, podcasting app. Thanks for listening.